This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. This is about the, uh, the series we're doing, Emotional Freedom. This is from uh, Lori Cole. She said I could share this morning. said, I need forgiveness for wanting to kill a gator. I was happy. I was not happy at all. But your teaching's 100% correct. Praise and worship to Jesus calms all emotions. Now, interpretation is, she's a Tennessee Vol fan, and the Gators, Florida Gators, stole a victory from Tennessee. How many football fans are here? Okay, you're laughing inside, you're just not showing it. Okay, I thought it was great. Any, <laughs> there is healing for your emotions. God wants us to live in peace and not to be full of pressure and stressed out, anxiety, overwhelmed, overcharged, burdened down. He wants us to live a life of peace. He doesn't want us depressed. He doesn't want us worried. He doesn't want us sorrowful. He doesn't want us hopeless. He doesn't want us defeated. He doesn't want us to be a victim. He doesn't want us to be under. He wants us to be above. He wants to elevate us and lift us up. And we've been learning how we do that. When we say we renew our mind, we renew our, our soul, part of that is our emotions. You have to train your emotions. Or your emotions will drive you and will control you. How many have ever had their emotions control them? If you don't lift your hand, you're lying. We're all in this. We've all had it at times. How many have listened to a song on the radio and it got hold of their emotions and they felt good all of a sudden? <laughs> it's because it, maybe it was an old song that you liked and some memory, good memory, and all of a sudden, you know, you were listening to the, the 60s or whatever. You, and this song hit you and you were happy. It's emotions. And God gave us emotions. And emotions are, are good, but there's negative emotions. There's other side of emotions that can be destructive and that can hurt us. Talking about football, there was uh, the New York Jets had their quarterback knocked out. And this is probably last, last month. And uh, it was over $600 that the quarterback owed one of the linemen, a reserve lineman. And he takes him out. One punch, just knocked him out, broke his jaw, everything. The quarterback's out of action now. What happens to the linebacker? You're out of here. Now, here was, I heard all these, uh, you'd hear it on sports talk, it was a big thing they were talking about, but I heard one guy talking about the reserve lineman. No other team will pick him up because reserve linemen, they're a little easier to get than quarterbacks. The, the quarterback makes $5 million a year. He's still getting paid. The reserve lineman lost his job, lost his income. He was making, and you have to really feel for him, just 510000 a year. 
But he lost his career. He, he lost everything. And now he's looking for a job. Because he, he let his emotions get away from him. The coach called it the most childish thing he had ever seen. He said, my team is full of sixth graders. And of course, he's thinking, my job's on the line. My quarterback just got knocked out by our team. It was friendly fire. (laughs) We've got to control our emotions. If you want to fulfill what God has for your life, you've got to fulfill, you've got to control your emotions to fulfill your destiny. But God has a destiny and He has a purpose for your life. He didn't have you born at this time just because you were accident. He had you born at the right time, at the right place, for right now. Because He has confidence in you that you're going to do a great work for Him. Great things for the kingdom. So we've got to get these emotions under control. And we're, we're not going to have emotions be emotionless. We're going to have emotions because we are human. And when the uh, emotion hits you that's negative, you just don't stay there. The quicker that you can get past that, the better. Let it be a moment and don't build a huge mountain or monument there and, and camp there. A lot of people do that and they become victims. It ruins their life. They become so, so fearful Maybe there was a, a fearful thing to happen, but they, they stay there. And there's people who are afraid to leave their house. It's because they built a monument to this fear. And there's good parts. I mean, it's okay to be sad for someone because God can tap into the compassion. The compassion of the Lord can come out of you. So there's, there's good sides to things. But there's so many destructive things that we've got to look out for. We're supposed to have the joy of the Lord. So we looked at First um, Peter chapter five verse six. This is our really our theme for this series. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Now, notice here He's saying, humble yourself. Under his mighty hand. How do you humble yourself? You cast the cares upon him. You cast those cares. That thing that's tempting you to to worry, uh, to be angry about, frustrated, give you anxiety, whatever it is. Those cares. And even just the daily pressures of life to give him those cares. You're being humble. If you hang on to them, you're being prideful. But... Notice here, he said he wants to exalt you. He wants to lift you up and elevate you. It all is connected to you humbling yourself and giving your cares to him. Or we could say giving our emotions to him. Because if your emotions are driving you, that means the enemy can drive you. Because he can bring something across your path to get you. And all of a sudden your emotions are driving you and he's got control of you. It said to humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may exalt you. He may exalt you. I talked about trying to do things on my own, but I had to give it to God. I had to even give my calling to God because 
I realized I couldn't make it happen. No man could make it happen. He has to. He has to. But there's peace in that. There's freedom in that in releasing these things to the Lord. Whatever it is, releasing your marriage to the Lord, releasing your kids to the Lord, your job, your finances, wherever it is, releasing it to the Lord. There's freedom in that. Doesn't mean you quit your job. I'm giving my, this care of my finances and the house note to the Lord. I'm quitting my job. I'm carefree. No, it, it doesn't mean that. It means that I have a joy inside of me despite the circumstances. And that joy is my strength. I keep my eyes focused on the Lord and I still fulfill responsibilities. God uses busy people, people that are responsible. Say amen. amen. Be responsible and say amen. amen. Thank you. Last week we looked at Mary and Martha. And just a quick review, it said that Jesus came to the house for dinner. He brought 12 men with him. The 12 disciples are all gathered around. Martha is serving and she says, where's my sister? Where is she? And she looks, and Mary is at Jesus' feet listening to him. And this starts, this emotion starts churning on the inside of her. And she goes to Jesus, says, Jesus, don't you care about me? Don't you care, Jesus? You ever said that? Don't you, where are you, Lord? Don't you care? My sister's in here listening to you, and I need some help in the kitchen. I need some help because there, there are some big hungry eaters in your group here. And Jesus, what's he do? He says, Mary, go help. No. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. And what he was saying, if you weren't troubled and worried about this, you'd find something else. But look at Mary. Observe Mary. She's at my feet. She's doing the one thing that is needful. See, your problem is not Mary. Your problem is you're missing out on the one thing that is needful to set you free from worry, to set you free from all this trouble and this pressure on your life. And that is to sit at my feet. Observe Mary. Look at her. That good part she has chosen will not be taken from her. What's Jesus saying? Is it wrong to go help out in the kitchen? Absolutely not. You should. But you should also have time at Jesus' feet. You should be a Mary and a Martha. You should be serving, and you should be at Jesus' feet. But what Martha was doing, she was neglecting. She was putting natural above the spiritual. Spiritual food is more important than natural food. And you've got you can get so busy with the cares of life, you can get so busy that you're distracted away from Jesus' feet and listening to Him. Because listening to Him will give you the power in the natural to live for Him and to live free and to be free and to have joy and to have peace and not to have emotions stirring you up in a negative way, ruining your life. See, are your emotions contributing to your life or are they ruining your life? Are they to your advantage or are they taking advantage of you and ruining your day, ruining your life? That's what 
the message was. And let me tell you, if you're not at Jesus' feet, you're being distracted. You're being drawn away by the cares of this life. Now I say the cares of this life, there's other things that are listed. could be sin. The cares of this life aren't necessarily sin. I had a couple people last week tell me that their God was sports. See, sports was drawing them away from the one thing that was needful. And that had become their God. Well, I don't know who my God is. Well, he's got to be number one. He's number one. Then you can recognize who God is in your life. Who's first? Who's number one? So today I want to continue and just expound on this some. Matthew eleven twenty nine says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, Jesus speaking, for I'm gentle, meek, and humble, lonely in heart. You will find rest, relief, and ease, and refreshment, and recreation, and blessed quiet for your souls. Love that. Say, blessed quiet for my soul. That's talking about your emotions. There's a place in God, in his, at his feet, that is recreation. Man, that's the best place to be with him. And it's quiet. It's tranquility. There's peace for your emotions and your mind. And you know what happens? The joy of the Lord springs up within your life. But yoke two, I want you to remember this because I cover at the end of this message, but yoke to means you're joined to. You're joined to. When you're joined to Jesus, when you're yoked to Him, it's easy. It's, we're to live a life of rest and peace. Doesn't mean we're not going through things and there's not challenges. Yes, there, there will be. And yes, there are. But you can have peace in the midst of the storm. You can have recreation in the midst of uh, attack against your body, your health, whatever it is, because of the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to look at David this morning for a few moments. David was uh, chased by King Saul, if you remember. Saul was after David, wanted to kill David because he was, it was emotion. He was jealous of David. And they would sing songs about David and, and it just this jealousy just grew in him until he reached the point he, he got bitter and then he was, had a murderous spirit. He wanted to kill David. All because of emotion run awry. All because of emotion he never dealt with and that thing was driving him to take the life of David who was actually... His son, Jonathan's best friend. And he's trying to kill him. And even has Jonathan warning David, Hey, my dad's coming around. You might want to hide. So they're, they're running. They're being pursued. And they come to the country of the Philistines. And David finds favor with the king there. And this king gives David and his men, the 600 men there, gave him Ziglag and said, this is your city, you possess it, it's yours. What great favor. Even in the, the land of the Philistines, we see David getting this, this favor. And I want to show you what happened to him. They, 
They went on a long trip away from home, and then they come back home, and they find that the Amalekites have burned the city down. They've taken uh, their wives, taken their children, taken everything. Everything is gone. Can you imagine this? Their homes are gone. It's burned down. All their belongings is gone. Their, their wives and their children are all gone. And they come back. And let's look at this. First Samuel 30, verse 4. It says, Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Can you imagine? You're on a long trip. And you come home. You're ready to see the, the wife and the kids. You're, you're ready to be home and, and sleep in your own bed. And you come in and you see a smoke in the distance. What's going on? And the place is completely burnt down. And all life is gone. Everyone's gone. I think we would all probably weep. <laughs> is, is weeping a sin? Well, I can tell you that Jesus wept. Jesus wept over his friend Lazarus dying. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but Jesus knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead and was still weeping. Why? Because of the people there that he loved that had such a grief and such a hurt on them. That was the compassion of the Lord. So it's okay. There is weeping. But we can't camp out there. You just can't stay there continually or you'll start building the monument to this negative thing and you'll become a victim. You'll never fulfill destiny and the purpose. See, God wants to change the Mid-South. God wants to do something and He'll do it through His people. He'll do it through us, but we've got to get to the place where we're not offended at everyone. We're not trying to run somebody over because they cut us off in the car. Or like me, somebody cuts me off and I'm, I'm irritated. And I'm, I call myself not an easily irritated person. But the next thing you know, I'm my foot's on the pedal. And thank God for His mercy. He reminded me I had a sticker, Church of the Harvest. God's deliverance. There's always a way of escape. I'm going, thank you, Jesus. I don't know what happened to me. But that jerk, I mean that guy. He cut me off. We could have been killed. We got to control our emotions because that might be the very guy God wants me to talk to, to reach. That one getting on your nerves at work might be the one there because you're supposed to reach them. Oh God, let me work somewhere. I just want one somebody to the Lord. Just let them come across my path. You know me, I'm just shining. I just can't go out there and I just, I'm not going to knock on some door. I'm not going to run somebody over at the store and say, can I witness to you? I just, send them to me, send them to me. And they're sitting right beside you. Oh, not that one, Lord. Oh, oh Lord. Uh, uh, let me give you some more specs, Lord. Uh, let it be a nice person. Let it be someone that loves me. Then it gets borderline ridiculous, you know. <laughs> We're talking about if you're winning them to the Lord, they're lost. And they're going to act lost. 
(sighs) So we can't blame David and his men. They come back in emotions here. In 1 Samuel, verse 6, just moving down, it says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul, soul of all the people, notice the soul, mind, will, and emotions, of all the people were grieved, and every man for his sons and his daughters. Well, I'd be greatly distressed too. You come home, everything's gone, you're, you're weeping, you're... Crying, you're hurt, and then your men, your loyal men, who just took the trip with you, who love you, are talking about stoning you. You ever had one of those times where, well, it can't get any worse, <laughs> and then more comes, you go, what? And it's like all hell is, is broken loose and yeah, everything's caving in and overwhelmed here. You know, what is going on? Uh, isn't there supposed to be a, a certain level that this stops? <laughs> I, I can just, and that's what's happening to David. Maybe you've had one of those days. It's like everything is going south. Everything's going wrong. Everything that you do. But you can't let that get a hold of your life. You've got to say no. The joy of the Lord is the strength of my life. He is my strength. He is my light. I give you this emotion, Lord. I give you this this anxiety, this this burden. I give it to you. I'm yoked up to you. And when you're yoked up to Him, and you're in a battle, you just stay yoked up to Him and say, Jesus, you got it. The battle is the Lord's. And you're going to have victory. So David is facing just some terrible circumstances here. I mean, his own men are wanting to murder him. He's greatly distressed. And maybe you feel like you're in a mess, there's no way out. I want you to know there's a way out. I want you to know he does make a way of escape for you. Don't want you to quit. Don't give up. That, that spirit that says, I just want to end it. What's the use? That's not the Lord. That's the enemy. And that's emotion trying to get you to do something foolish. What did David do? If we want the results that he had, we've got to do what he did. Let me read the rest of the verse. Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people were grieved, was grieved every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David strengthened himself. Did it say the Lord strengthened him? No. It said David strengthened himself. That's what we have to do. Strengthen ourselves in the Lord. So when we're faced with times of trouble and negative emotions, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. It's a biblical thing to do. And just ask the Lord, I want to recognize when these emotions are here. And when you have them, say, I'm going to encourage myself right now in the Lord. The quicker, the better. This is the worst situation David could imagine. 
I mean, there's no light at the end of the tunnel here. Everything has gone down the tubes. Everything looks hopeless. Everything just looks like disaster, like it's, it's all over. And his, his emotions could have went in many different directions, many different ways. But what he did, he chose to encourage himself in the Lord. He made the choice. He chose to do it. Now, you can choose to do it because I don't believe your house got burnt down and some Amalekite has come and stolen your wife and kids and everything's gone. And people who are around you are all saying, we're going to murder you. We're going to stone you. If David, with the worst situation, if he could choose to encourage himself in the Lord, we can. We can choose to. Let's turn to your neighbor and say, just do it. <laughs> just do it. Just encourage yourself in the Lord. When these emotions and things rise up, you might have to turn the news off because emotions start rising up. Maybe it's fear. Encourage yourself in the Lord. David strengthened himself in the Lord. Let me tell you what he did. He changed his emotions. He changed his emotions. We can make a choice to change our emotions. Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. In the midst of failure, in the midst of depression, in the, in the midst of the enemy circling and coming against you, in the, worst of, in the midst of worry and discouragement, hopelessness, there's plenty of reasons to give up, to, to quit, but we need to declare, I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And you know what happens? Your emotions start changing. You start encouraging yourself in the Lord. And things don't look so hopeless anymore. Things don't look so um, defeated. I, maybe I don't need to quit. Because the Lord is my God. And He's the strength of my life. You start encouraging yourself in the Lord. Now what if David hadn't encouraged himself? He would have built a monument right there and stayed right there. He would have died. I believe his own men would have killed him. He never would have gotten back. Wife and the kids, which we'll see he, he did here in a moment. Encouraging myself in the Lord is the way to change my negative emotions. Encouraging myself in the Lord is the way to change my negative emotions. You can change them. One thing is needful. What Jesus says. His word. So how did David encourage himself? Psalms 27, verse 1. And you can look through the Psalms, you'll see that David, in the midst of trouble, he wrote many of these Psalms, and you can give a picture. And in verse 1 it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the one thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. 
For he will conceal me there when trouble comes, troubles come. He will hide me in the sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on the high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy and singing and praising the Lord with music. You see what David was doing? He started magnifying the Lord. He started seeing who he is and saying who he is and meditating who, it, who he is. He changed his thoughts and your thoughts affect your emotions. If you can change your thinking, you can change your emotions. You turn and think about him. You get your eyes on him and off the problem. Get your eyes on the solution. Get your eyes on the answer. Get your eyes on the Lord. And your emotions start changing. Many times people come to church and they're heavy burden. And they're weighed down. But they get into praise and worship. And they start magnifying the Lord and seeing who he is. And the heaviness leaves. Why? You changed your emotions. You changed your thinking. Your thinking affects your emotions. Your emotions affect your decisions. Most people make decisions off emotions. That's the reason most of your info commercials and stuff are late at night. They've done studies. They found out that people are tired then. And it's easy to move someone's emotions. People will buy all kinds of things then. People that have gym memberships will buy a piece of equipment to work out. They'll buy anything. Because they move on the emotions. Message Bible like this in verse 5. It says, that's the only in his, in that secret place with him. That's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world. The perfect getaway. Far from the buzz of traffic. Rest, recreation, ease for your soul and your mind. That's where he's just getting away with him. There's so much peace. It's so good. And it'll affect the rest of your life. When facing troubling times, speak and meditate on the promises of God. It's what David did. Speak and meditate on the promises of God. The Lord is my strength, my hiding place. I have no reason to be afraid. In Psalms 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices and with my song I will praise Him. David starts speaking the truth. He starts speaking about God. He starts reminding himself of those things they already knew. And it changed the emotions. And once you get joy, that strength, the strength of the Lord. In Psalms 103, verse 1 through 5, Bless the Lord, all my soul. All that is within me, bless His holy name. Now notice what David's doing here. He's speaking to himself. He's speaking to his soul. He's speaking to his emotions, to his mind, to his will. He said, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Be like me, get in front of the mirror. Bob, bless the Lord. Do it. Blessing. Now, he must not have felt like doing that or he wouldn't have to tell himself to do this. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
All this within me, bless His holy name. And look at verse 2. He had to do it twice. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Heals all your diseases. Redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You start saying that, meditating on that, emotions are going to change. They'll change. <laughs> Proverbs eighteen twenty one. I believe David knew this. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. He knew there was a connection. Proverbs 18, uh, 21 from the Good News translation says, What you say can preserve life or destroy it. Why? It's affecting your thoughts and emotions, what you're saying. Psalms 119.11, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. David in an impossible situation, he turns and he starts to draw his strength from the Lord. He starts to magnify the Lord. I believe he started to sing to the Lord and praise the Lord. He turned to Him and everything started changing. It was faith. It was faith in the Lord. See, when you turn to Him, that's faith. Your trust, you're trusting in Him. His worry changed. His defeat changed. That worry was replaced by peace. Discouragement was replaced by courage. Desire to quit was replaced by overcoming spirit. His strength was renewed. Psalms 30 verse 5 says, uh, David said this, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Well, you see what he's talking about. He's talking about Ziglag. He's talking about everything is gone. The enemy took everything. And he's weeping. But he says, joy comes in the morning. Because he turned his eyes and looked where salvation comes from. He turned his eyes and said, Lord, you're the strength of my life. You are my light. And you redeem my life from destruction. You renew me like the eagle. I will rise and I will soar again because you're my God. And you're my redeemer. And you're my mercy. You're my goodness. You're my life. You're my breath. You're my praise. You're my song. You're my everything. And you're worthy of all glory and all honor and all praise. And before you know it, I believe David had a praise and worship time of 600 men. Said, hey, let's get together. It's time to magnify the Lord. Yes, it looks bad. But I know someone who can turn bad situations into good things. I know someone that can turn it around. I know someone that can take the impossible and make it possible. I know someone, even when man says no, God says yes. It doesn't matter what man says when God says yes. Put your eyes. We got to get our eyes on the Lord and magnify Him. Even as bad news increases, get your eyes on Him. What happened to David? David replaced his weakness for God's strength, he replaced his distress. For God's joy. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait here doesn't mean just sit around hoping God will do something at some time. Wait here actually means to bind together or to be joined to. Be joined to. To be joined to the Lord. Remember I talked about yoked means to be joined to? Saying 
here wait on the Lord, your strength will be renewed. And I'll just give you a short definition for renew here means exchange. Your strength will be exchanged for his strength. Thank you, Lord. Let me give you the full definition of what renew means. It means to change, substitute, alter, or change for the better. Or you could say exchange. David was speaking the promises of God and something got altered. So you can alter your bad day. You can alter that bad temper. You can alter that frustration. You can alter that anxiety. You can alter that frustration. You can exchange it for the peace of God. You can exchange it for His strength. You can be renewed where you'll be strengthened to soar once again within. David knew some things. First Samuel 38, let's, let's get this, get the family back. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. He made a decision to trust the Lord. He focused on God's promises rather than the crisis, and his strength was renewed. I love it that he asked, you know, some of us, I'm not going to pray if I should do this or not. He asked. And the Lord said, go. Go get them. You're going to recover all. And then in verse 18, it says, So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, neither small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. David didn't deny the problem. He faced the problem with the strength of the Lord. He faced the problem with faith in God and trust in God. And God turned it around. And when you read, he actually did more than that. He got all the spoil of the enemies. He actually increased off the deal. He wants to bow our heads. See, where are you at? What's going on in your life? Where are you being tempted to worry? Where are you being tempted to give up and to quit? God is more than enough. And He loves you so much. And you can win. You can have victory. God can turn it around. He can give you peace. He can give you strength. He can renew you. You can make a great exchange. First, you need to know Him. You need to be His. You need to belong to Him. How do I do that? If I was to ask you, why would God let you in heaven? What would your answer be? If you were to say, well, I hope I would go to heaven. There's no place in the Bible that says, hoping will get you to heaven. You might say, well, I believe in God. Well, let me tell you, the devil believes in God. and He's not going to heaven. You say, well, I'm a good person. There's no place in the Bible that says because you're a good person, you're going to heaven. Well, I give. I, I help people. There's no place that says because you're giving, you're going to heaven. Jesus made it quite clear. In John chapter 3, he said, you must be born again. 
What does that mean? It means that you give the Lord all your heart and all your life. You surrender all to Him. You give Him your life. And you follow Him. When He says it, you do it. Everything within you, you follow after Him. Now, if you never made that decision, I'm going to give you an opportunity. It's the greatest decision that you can make of this life. To make Him the Lord of your life or not. Surrender your life fully to Him. Maybe you prayed this before, but you recognize today you haven't been all in. You've been riding the fence. And you're not right with God. You can get in on this prayer too and get right with God. It's not a day for anyone not to be right with Him. So I'm going to ask you right now, if that's you, for any of these, we're going to pray together and we're going to pray for you in your seat. Afterwards, there will be some prayer partners you can come down and pray with them. But if that's you, I want you to lift your hand and say, that's me. And we're going to pray. And God will do what He said He will do. He'll embrace you and welcome you into the family. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's pray together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you for a salvation that was purchased for me. I could never pay. I never could deserve. It's a free gift. And because of that sacrifice, I give my whole heart and my whole life to the one who knows me the best and loves me the most my Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for raising Him from the dead. I believe it in my heart, and I speak it with my mouth, that Jesus is my Lord. Amen. Amen. If every head bowed for just a moment, you've been struggling with worry and dread. Someone's been just dreading something. Just dread is, is eating your lunch. Because it's something you have to do. If you'll take that situation that you have to do and cast that care on the Lord and ask for His strength in the midst of it, He will give you that peace that you can do what you know you have to do. That you, I'm going to ask anyone that's been dealing with worry and dread, fear, just to lift your hand. We're just going to pray. You can receive peace today. Yes, I see those hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, for every hand that is raised, we believe for peace. We come against a spirit of fear, a spirit of dread. We come against that, that spirit of fear stepping out with you, Lord. We thank you for peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I command that spirit of fear to leave and to go in Jesus' name. For your direction, Lord, to be so crystal clear. That peace will invade and overwhelm their soul. We give you thanks for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 
383-8277. You are Lord of my sin.